0: Brent is an amazing father of this house, senior pastor. Yes, he is. He's one of my good friends, and I don't say that because I'm on staff or because 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 I have to. I say it because it's real. The first time I looked to his eyes, I saw the love of Jesus, and he is truly a laid down lover. If there ever was, he is truly the bride of Christ, represented for him a male figure. And 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 when you learn that, you know girls could be sons and daughters, and guys could be the bride. And so he's an amazing man who's in love with Jesus, gave everything, pushed all his chips in the middle many years ago said, Jesus, I just want to follow you. And we welcome your Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants in our church, in our lives, in our family. So he, and, he, and he stands by it and walks it out publicly and personally. So welcome, my good friend, Senior Pastor Brent Locker. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> this has been a amazing evening already um the last i don't know how many weeks months um there's just been to me the what i have felt here is a is a a growing sense of not only the freedom of the lord but uh, the creativity of the lord there's just something he's every time we get together he's got purposes and plans for why we're here and we kind of figure it out with him it's it's just been a lot of fun I, I really love the, um, the body of Christ a lot. Um, I love, as we talked earlier, the, the larger body is starting to come together like crazy, um, in such a good way. I meet with the other pastors all the time. We have deep bonds. Uh, even, even in our school of ministry, uh, David Kim, who's, check this out. He's the pastor of, of, uh, Parkway Fellowship. That's a Baptist church. He does our Bible teaching in our school. And, and he, isn't he amazing or what? But you know why that happened? Because David and I have had a close bond and relationship for close to 10 years. You don't just let people into your school and say, hey, teach what you want. It's like, no, we get to know each other's hearts. And anyway, he's amazing. So the body of Christ is definitely coming together um, in ways I've never seen before. I also want to just brag on this part of the body of Christ right here. Um, specifically, I'm just thinking about you know tonight with the Butos leading worship and all the people that it, uh, it touched so deeply. Um, we're about two thirds of the way through um, Todd and Karina's sabbatical. If you can believe that, that's just zipping right along. Um, I've talked to them one or two times. They're doing really well, spending having a lot of good family time. And um, but what I love about the body is is that. Though we miss them, though nobody can replace them and be them, everybody just steps up. And, and you know, all the different worship leaders, um, you know, uh, Misha and Justin and others with the, with the uh, youth. I mean, everybody's just stepping up and doing amazing things. And uh, I, I love it. I just love how the family works. It's just the family of God, the way it is. Everybody doing their part. Um, so Todd, who is our worship leader and and a youth pastor, and Karina, who also as a youth leader and and doing a lot of amazing ministry in this church with the children, they're going to be back in about three or four more weeks, something like that. Yeah. So um, you know, one other one. Um, okay, I just I just met you, Ashira. I'm not trying to like, you know. Anyway, that's Ashira, everyone. Um, she 's here for the first time tonight, actually, we, we did know that yeah, welcome. We knew she was coming because of Katrina, said, "Hey, awesome friend, come and you know make sure you greet her, But um, I just want to tell you that there's some things about you that um, there is uh, there's such a vibrancy to you. you are a bright, shining light, and um, to be totally unapologetic about letting that light out everywhere you go. And specifically, and this is, you could just check this in with the Lord, but I felt like God was saying somehow you were going to be an influencer in the entertainment industry. Now, I have no idea. There's a hundred different ways that could happen. doesn't mean you have to be an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what that is, but I just felt that strongly for you. So I'm just saying, Lord, whatever you want to do through Ashira, through her life, we bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Uh, last week, oh my goodness, I don't know if you were here, but it was it was deep. Towards the end of worship, um, I was feeling such a burden for the nations, I, I could hardly stand it. And so I kind of interrupted worship and said, we've got to pray for the nations. and then, And we started to do so. Several people in here prayed in their native tongues over a lot of these flags represented around us. And, um, at the end, and people were sobbing at different, I was crying at different times, just feeling so much of the Lord's heart. And, um, I, I'm bringing that up because, um, I, I, I really, last week we, Doug was one that came up and prayed for Roland, who had been in, in, uh, Holland. And, uh, Roland's back. And, and Roland, I'm gonna, wherever you are, I'm gonna, there you are. Would you come up, because we totally missed you last week, would you come up and pray blessings over Holland in Dutch in your native tongue? Could you do that for us let's let's uh welcome Roland Roland uh Roland helps to oversee our intercession team which which actually meets usually right back in that room at about six five fifteen 45 minutes prior to worship every Saturday, you all can come. And um, just last week when Terry, Terry Lawrence wrote me, who sees a lot in the spirit, and she says, and she didn't know we met back there. And She goes, you know, it's interesting. There's, I see a lot of angels in here, but there's a bunch of them that congregate right there by that back door. and They don't, they don't move. That's real, you guys. That's real. So, um, Roland, just, I just want you to release. He just came back from Holland, and I just want you to release a blessing over them, and we're just going to agree with you, all right? Okay. Ik moet mijn Nederlandse hoofd opzetten Uh, en niet mijn Dutch cap te zetten, ik denk Duits. Vader, dank u wel dat uh, ik een zegen mag vragen over Nederland. Dank u wel dat u hier aan het werk bent in het land, dat u speciaal onder de jeugd aan het werken bent. En ik vraag u een zegen over de jeugd dat ze... uh, mogen uit uh, gaan roepen naar u voor de rest of het land. Dat uh, uw geest mag komen over het land in, in een krachtige uh, manier. En dat het over heel Europa mag gaan, gaan uitstrekken vader. Dank u wel dat u bezig bent in Nederland. En dank u wel dat ik het mag zegenen in uw machtige naam vader. Dank u wel voor wat u aan het doen bent. En wil u alle eer geven en alle glorie voor wat u doet. Dank u wel. Amen. Um, no. okay. All right. Thank you, Roland. <sighs> I I so feel God's pleasure when we are uh, blessing the nations. Last week, one of the the way it started was we actually started praying for North Korea. That's where it, where it started, and then we prayed for other nations. God was really giving me his heart for, um, these nations. And we, we tend to, a lot of times, I believe because of the media and what we read and see, we begin to villain, start villainizing people and, you know, nations and things. And God's like, no, I want you to bless. You're here to bless, to bless, to bless. It isn't that you're blessing evil things going on. That's what what I'm saying. But I'm Mm -hmm. saying as we take the authority that is ours to release heaven and to release the kingdom, God says, thank you. I needed you to partner with me because I need to change hearts. I need to change things, but I want my children agreeing with me. This really is about love more than anything else. And it's really easy to get caught up in some other emotions. Understandably, when you see injustice and you other things, these other emotions start rising up, you know, especially if you've had a lot of injustice in your own life, it's really hitting something inside of you that doesn't feel good. But God is saying, but the, but the thing that's going to overcome all this is my spirit and my love, you know, that's released into the earth. So we, that's why we spent so much time doing this. Um, many of you, um, the last several weeks, we've been telling you about an opportunity for you to give to Pakistan relief because Leif Hetland, who has been to this house, uh, a, a total apostle of love and goes to the nations and releases the love and is seeing massive changes on many of these countries you see around um, he was going to Pakistan where he has a lot of friends, both, this is wild, but he has good friends, both Christian and Muslim. You know, I'm talking about high up clerics and things um, because he's a lover of people. He goes and he loves people without an agenda. And when they see that he's there not to get something from them or to, he doesn't go in there with the intent of changing them. He goes in there with the intent of loving them. And as he does, they begin to give him more and more of their hearts. The trust starts coming over time. So several of you gave to that. We're actually going to be sending him over um, a big check. He's actually in Pakistan now. And he sent another update just Today. So I wanted to read it to you because I want to update some. It's good to know, you know, a little follow up about when you're given places, what's going on. And so um, let me read this to you. Uh, Again, this is from Leif just today. Um, Greetings and love from Pakistan. We just want to give an update to all of you who are leaning hearts and releasing prayer covering over us. As most of you know, it was about three and a half weeks ago, a Christian village experienced the wrath of a mob of extreme Muslims who burned down 200 houses and 80 businesses. And again, most of that was uh, of Christians. Um, Part of our assignment on this trip was to bring some of the top Muslim leaders and visit people's homes in this village and to hear their stories. After a long ride through the crazy traffic of Lahore, we finally arrived at the place accompanied by a small army of police officers. Our brothers and sisters, as well as several pastors who warmly opened up their arms and hearts to us in the midst of pain, greeted us. They took us on a journey around the village, a short journey that deeply impacted our hearts. We saw the devastation where people lost everything except for a little hope. Walking through the ruins, seeing the rubble, and feeling fear in the atmosphere, with mud on our feet and tears in our eyes, the tragedy of the news became personal. I think the greatest pain I experienced was hearing about the ministries and organizations that promised to do something, but over and over, we heard the story that little or nothing was being done. I could see in their eyes and feel the question in their hearts, are you for us? Are you for real? Are you family? Or are you another spectator, somebody just curious about what went wrong and walk away forgetting everything? Did you come here with an agenda? After an hour of touring the place I still think about their questions and fears. I was confronted with similar questions myself. Will this happen again? How shall we rebuild lives? How can I help? How can we put a top to this uh, sorry, put a stop to this insanity? I'm honest, I have more questions than answers. But the biggest clarity is that this has become a personal matter and a family issue to me. There is kingdom justice that needs to be served, and these are the steps I believe God is leading me to do, and I'm committed to see. One, I have brought together two of the top Muslim leaders and a couple of key Christian leaders to work with GMA Pakistan for the purpose of 100% accountability, that the resources extended will reach these people and that justice will take place. Number two, to establish an emergency team that will quickly respond with the goodness revolution every time evil attacks. There will be a demonstration of God's goodness towards any victim in such a way that we overcome evil with good and that the goodness of God will lead to repentance. Love never fails. It always wins. Three, to facilitate and work toward long-term solutions with law, government, religious leaders and non-profit organizations that all will be unified towards peace and transformation. I'm so grateful for so many churches and ministries and individuals that responded rapidly with radical love and generosity. Within a week, we will make sure that the resources will get to where the greatest needs are. We will continue with goodness and generosity as a weapon of warfare against darkness. Thank you so much for your prayer and support. Much love, life actually shared more but um, if you actually if you still want to give and you hadn't in the last couple of weeks you could still do that tonight we can still is that not right yeah if you so if you wanted to write a check um, you can still write it to to blazing fire but write Pakistan relief in the memo and after today we're going to tie it all up in a bow and send it off to them yeah uh, but also you said PayPal also Oh, on our, on our, through Blazing Fire, uh, on our website, blazingfire.org, you could use PayPal. Or, and here's the last thing I'm going to say, you could give directly to GMA, um, which is Global Mission Awareness, and that's Leif Hetland, you could just also give straight on there. But I, 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 the reason why I brought it up too, and after praying for the nations last week and having Roland come up and pray, is uh, God is up to something, and he's got... He's got plans. God's got some plans. He's brilliant. And he knows how all this is going to work out. He knows how, how every, everything is going to, uh, all the nations are going to be touched. He knows, how, he knows how the Jewish people are going to be brought back. Um, he, knows, he knows how it's all going to work out. And and he's not upset He's not distraught. He's not anxious. He's not confused. He knows what he's doing. And we are all enlisted in that global army. What I mean by that is everywhere you go, you are his representative. You are his ambassador of love. If you're going into your workplace, you're an ambassador of love. Take the love with you. Take the power with you. But if you go to other nations, even if you're going there just on vacation or whatever doesn't matter you're bringing the presence of Jesus with you look for opportunities to love because God is using all of us to transform the earth and it and it's it's happening it's it's amazing so um see god God actually loves giving us promises promises that seem outrageous things like can a nation be changed in a day? See, that wasn't a hypothetical question. He actually already knows the answer. He's wondering if we are in on that with him. Did basically saying, did you know, did you know that I can change a nation in a day? That's really what he's getting at, but he does choose to partner with us. Um, And I know some of you are thinking, gosh, I'm just trying to get through my life today. And you're talking about nations, you know. He's actually into that too. He knows how to get you through your life one day at a time while he's using you to change the earth. He's brilliant that way. And he's the one that says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future that's Jeremiah 29:11 but it goes on cuz he says then you're going to come and you're going to seek me and you're going to you're going to seek me with all your heart and you're going to find me in other words he knows somehow that sometimes we don't always pursue him just for him i mean that's a that's the that's the ultimate uh reason to pursue god is simply because you want to for his love, because you, you're in a love relationship with him. But he also knows that we pursue him because something in our life knows that we're supposed to make a difference. And he's got the blueprints for all of us together, but for each one of you individually. See, a lot of times, uh, sometimes we don't think about it this way, but he's, that same verse, we change it to the emphasis a little bit. For I know the plans that I have for you. I'm the one who knows the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Therefore, you're going to seek me with all your heart. You're going to find me, right? Um, Proverbs 16.1. If we're honest, um, all of us at different times have our own agendas. Some of them are God's. Some of them are definitely not God's. And 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 God's a, he's a very patient father. He's a very loving father. He knows we're we're trying to find our way. He knows we make some really bad choices sometimes. It never stops his love for us ever, ever, ever. Y'all got that? Ever, ever, ever. His love for you never changes. However, he has ways of saying, "I'm I know you had these plans. You know some of those were desires I put in your heart. Some of that was was." Superfluous. I'm gonna, I'm gonna narrow this back down to really where where I want you. And he's got amazing ways of doing that. Uh, Psalm, uh, Proverbs 16:1 says, "A human heart makes the plans, but Yahweh gives the answer." So, my question: Where I'm going today? Where I'm going with this today? God has amazing promises for our lives. All every person in this room, do we have a part to play in this? You know, and what is what is that part that we have to play? And I want to bring up three, really three uh, main parts that we have, um, and I want to I want to describe it to you both. I want to give you examples both from Abraham and Sarah, just because they're amazing. Uh, they're an amazing example of God's promises and how they walked them out. I want to talk about a little bit about blazing fire some of these promises, some uh, how we walk out these promises. And then thirdly, I want to bring it right home to you, okay, so that you're leaving thinking about some things for yourself. So the first, the first thing I want to say about what's our part, um, God loves and wants our agreement. Our agreement. So God begins to, to drop certain things in your heart, He's waiting for you to agree. He wants you to agree with him. That's, it's huge. It's, it's, it's quite possibly the biggest step in all this. Um, and you know how this usually works? I don't know about for you, but at least for my life, how it usually works. God will get you in a place. Sometimes it's in a worship service like this, and he starts wrecking you. And right in the midst of that, he starts dropping something in your spirit about what he wants you to do. I want you to go here. I want you to... Do this. I want you to uh, ask this person for forgiveness, whatever it is, or forgive that person. There's things he'll drop in your spirit right when you're, you know, a mess before him in a good way. And, and you're like, yes, Lord, whatever you want. He's like, all right, I heard that. Got that one. You know, haven't noticed. Uh, so let me start with again, the first one God loves our, our agreement with him, about the promises. So let me start with Abraham first. God picks out somebody. He picks out a guy named Abraham. Abram at the time. Why? Because he did. Why Abraham? Because God chose him. That's it. That's why, you know, in fact, uh, really Romans 4 talks all about that. Why is Abraham so special? Well, because God chose him which is the very same reason that every single person in this room is extra special. Very same reason. Why? What makes me so extra special? God chose you. Why? What did I do to deserve it? Nothing. He loves you. So he picks Abraham and he says, you're my man. You're the one I want to bless. You're the one I'm going to Give you know multitudes of offspring to you're the one that a world's going to look at and go wow this is what it looks like when God blesses a man and he becomes a nation you're the one did Abraham agree actually he did uh, Genesis fifteen six Abraham did agree right away with God that his descendants would be more numerous than the stars it's right there that's the first thing he's like wow he he's agreeing. He's like, Okay, God, guess my guess since you said it, my my offspring are gonna be more numerous than the stars. God says, gotcha. You agreed. That's it. That was it's sealed. Deal is sealed. It's gonna happen. Um with blazing fire, I'm gonna jump around a little bit. I think hopefully you'll hopefully this works. But we'll see. I'll look for if you're you know Frowls are burrowed. Like, where is he going? I'm still talking about agreement with God. That that's the first part of what our part is in God's in walking with God with the promises in our life with blazing fire. Um, long before blazing fire, about 15 years ago, God speaks to me um, in a in a time with Him, very um, deep time with Him, and He says to me. My spirit is going to sweep through this valley, through this region with or without you. It's going to happen. Do you want to be part of it? I mean, any sane person, right? Any? <laughs> yes, Lord. He's like, gotcha. You said, yes, you agreed. Now, I'm still, I still know, I've seen, boy, in being here 23 years now, I have seen this entire region change dramatically. I've, I really have. I've seen some big changes. Do I believe I've seen what he promised yet? No. In other words, no. What he spoke to me, it wasn't going to be, hi, huh, I wonder if that was it. I wonder if maybe that was that spirit thing he was talking about. No. It's, it's coming still. And uh, it's, it's. I know that it is. Um, that's one of the things God spoke to me, um, and oh, and so I said yes, Lord, and He said, "Good. I want you to put your stake in the ground right here, because you're gonna. In order for you to be part of this, you got to be here to be part of it, and to and to do whatever I say to help this, you know, to, to for this as it's happening. I need you to do what I what I say. So I said, yes, Lord. Did you get that? My two responses were, "Yes, Lord," and "Yes, Lord." I didn't come up with the other, the other material. That was; those were his ideas. And then one more, as Lonnie just spoke. One more about blazing fire is that, and before blazing fire started, about blazing fire started about twelve and a half years ago. So about thirteen years ago, Suzanne and I were in Bethel Church. And we had just gone through a pretty difficult time in our life and feeling pretty crushed and pretty devastated. And at that point, we were, we kind of had found our new home under um, Pastor Bill Johnson and Chris Valatin. And anyway, we were up there for a conference. And let me tell you, we were wrecked, wrecked, wrecked. Meaning, God's, God had so apprehended our hearts. We were so. Sure of his presence, we knew what he was telling us to do. We knew he was telling us not to run somewhere in our pain, but to stay right here. We were going to have a whole another chapter, and this is where he told us, "I want you to push all your chips in the middle of the table. There is no plan B. You're all, all in." Or that, that's the only way it's going to work. You're all in. And Suzanne and I are sitting. I mean, I still remember we were we were kneeling, you know, by some chairs. And we're just, and we were sobbing. You know, Lord, our chips are in the middle of the table. There is no plan B. And we were, you know, at, and it was the greatest thing ever. Because, because we can always go back to that day. There's no, that was a demarcation. That was a yes, Lord, with a, a thousand exclamation points behind it. There is no turning back. What else are we going to do? So uh, agreement is huge to God. Here's my question to you before we go on to the next one is what? I just want you to think for a minute. And Holy Spirit, help each person in this room right now. First of all, I just want to ask, what promises has God spoken to your heart? For some of you, they're very clear. What promises has he already spoken to your heart and that you've said yes to? I just want you to think about them for a minute. Recall them. Bring them back up to the surface. What are those places? What are those things God said, this is, this is what I've called you to do. This is what I want you to do. And again, they may, they may not seem life-changing at the time. Maybe they seemed kind of small at the time. They were not small to God, guaranteed. Guaranteed. And for some of you, you're 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 coming up with a blank. You're like, Brent, I would like to hear God like that. I don't know that I've ever had an experience like that. For those of you, I'm just declaring over you right now that you do hear the voice of God. That because you have chosen to walk with him, he will speak promises to you. They may come in a time when you're in prayer, they may come when you're reading scripture and something some phrase jumps out at you like crazy. It can happen in a lot of different ways. It can be a prophetic word spoken over you that really resonates with your heart, but it's coming. If you have not experienced it yet, it's coming. Even if you have experienced it, there's more coming. There's more times. It's, this is not a one time thing. God doesn't just talk to you once and you say, yes, Lord, I I could give you dozens of other examples, hundreds, probably if I thought long enough about ways that I agreed with God. So, This is our choice right now, ahead of time, for you to purpose in your heart. See, this is a choice you're making ahead of time. You're setting yourself up for victory here. I purpose in my heart to say yes the next time I hear God giving me a promise. So if if that's something you agree with, I'm going to encourage you to say it out loud. I purpose in my heart to say yes. The next time God gives me a promise. Okay. Did you know that God said, got you? I heard that. Do you see even that? He's like, Oh, I heard that. Believe me. Believe me. The only way this whole thing works is by the spirit. This is not us working it up. This is not us trying to be better Christians for God. None of that stuff works. This is you being raw and real and scared sometimes and confused sometimes, but saying, God, I know you're good. I trust you, and I want to go your way. If we're not going with you, what what's the point, right? So you're deciding ahead of time, God, this is what I'm going to do. So that's one one thing is is that our part is is agreement the second thing i want to say there's three of them the second thing is there are times when he's going to ask us to do something to partner with him first part is agreement that's so that's that's the most important part however along the way there are times we're going to hear things from him he wants us to do something okay We have a choice at that point. In other words, and and again, some of you are saying, well, I don't get it because I don't hear God like that. That's not really what I mean. Sometimes you'll get an impression. A lot of times it's a deep impression, like you know that you know. It's the way I can say it. You just know that you know something. I know that I know that I'm supposed to go here. I know that I know I'm supposed to talk to that person. Whatever it is, pay attention to those things. I'm going to answer the question in a minute, what if you're wrong? Okay, I'm going to answer that question in a minute. But let's look at Abraham first. Um, Genesis 12. Abraham did leave his country. God says, I want you to leave your country at the age of 75. That's significant. If any of you were, were locked in somewhere for 75 years and you, and you go and take off, you know, that's significant. Uh, but he did it. Um, Okay, um, there's gosh, there's a lot of things Abraham did. He did he did things along the way. So I'm not going to get into all the different examples. But yes, he did things when it, when God said, "I want you to do this." He did some things um, for for a blazing fire. Let me just give you a couple of practical examples. And and um, Suzanne knows a lot about these practical examples. Things like um, along the way, when God began to put this. Place in our heart and give us a vision. We actually had to to get a 501c3. We had to become a nonprofit uh, with the state of California. Now that might you might be seeing. What are you talking about? You know that no that there's some really practical things sometimes that you have to do. But we did some of these things because we felt the leading of the Spirit to do them. Uh, And that took a lot of work, by the way. Um, Write down the vision. I want son, I'm I'm giving you something. I want you to value it. I want you to write it down. Okay. I have something to do now. I have to write down a vision, Lord, what are you saying? What do you want us to do? I had to share the vision. So there's a, there's a lot of things we have to do along the way, but I just, I want to tell you again, it's, it's not by our might. It's not by our power, but God said it's by my spirit. So yes, we have parts to play, but it actually isn't the things we do that's going to make it all happen. It's really his spirit breathing on it that's going to make it happen. So I want you to ask God, just for a moment, I want you to actually take a moment, ask God, especially for those of you just a minute ago where you thought about some promises that you've said yes to, just for a moment, we're going to quiet our hearts and, and ask God, God. Is there anything you want me to do? You have a plan. I'm just going to pray right now. Father, you have a plan. You've given us your spirit to hear you, to know your voice, to know the, your impressions on our hearts. You know where you want us. You know what you want us to be doing. Is there anything you want us to do right now? Is there a next step? Now, again, Lord, because we already said this to you, but we purpose in our hearts to do whatever it is that you're asking us to do. So now for some of you, I, no question, if I had the time to, and you all were open enough, I could have, we could have dozens of you get up here right now and tell me something that you heard, and that you know you received from the Lord right now. So my encouragement to you is, Ask more questions, first of all. He's, he wants to be in dialogue with you. We're not often used to doing that, but he's got so much more he wants to say and reveal if we're open to the bigger picture. So you can't even still ask him things like, God, is there a timing on this? Since there are five different ways I could do this thing, is there a, a smart way to go about it? Holy Spirit, you're my, you're my life coach. How should I do this? You see what I mean? We don't just have to ask one God one question and go, got it, be back next year for the next next year. I'll be right back. Okay, and then we go do for God for a long time. Okay. No, he wants to be so involved with us all along the way. So get used to talking to him, asking him questions. All right? Again, if this is new for you, um, all I can tell you is the more you engage in this kind of thing with God, you're going to start seeing little breakthroughs. You're going to start seeing ways that he, wow, that that was God. I'm, um, you're going to see them. So keep going. Keep going. Um, now, here's the question I asked is, okay, but what if I'm wrong? What if I think God said that, but really that was kind of my own thinking and that wasn't God? What Am I going to make a really big mess of things? Now, if we live with that fear uppermost on our mind, guaranteed we won't do anything. Fear will, fear will paralyze us. Fear does two things. It either paralyzes you or else you want to control everything because you want to feel safe again. Neither one works really well, by the way. Um, but what if we're wrong? I, I have some exceptionally good news for you. Are you ready for this? Is everybody in the room ready for this? I mean, this is good news. Good news. God has selective amnesia. (laughs) Love chooses not to remember certain things. Very true. Uh, (laughs) Look at how God chose to remember Abraham and Sarah. Have you read that story in Hebrews 11? Romans 4? If you haven't read it lately, go back and read it again you're like, wow, Abraham and Sarah are the most faith-filled, most amazing, most godly people I've ever read about in my entire life. That's exactly what you should think when you read that, because that's the way it's written. The thing is, when you go back and you read what actually happened, back in Genesis, um, it's a little different than that. (laughs) Both of them laughed at the promise that Sarah was going to have a child, that the two of them were going to have a child. Oh, yeah, right. Like that's going to happen. Abraham had already said yes. He already gave his yes. Yes, God, I'm going to be the father of many nations. Oh, it's going to come to the two of us. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. See, that's what actually happened. You don't read a thing about that in Hebrews, which is the New Testament, or in Romans 4, the New Testament. Where, Where did that all go? Selective amnesia. Because God chooses to remember our highlight reel by his choice. Your sins I remember no more, nor any of your offenses. Wow, isn't that really, wouldn't that be really offensive to God that Abraham and Sarah laughed at him, kind of? Yeah, but he chose not to remember that anymore. I I have no recollection of that. Isn't this awesome? Um... Ten years later, see, they're, they're waiting on the promise. God says, two of you are going to have a child. That's going to be the beginning of the nation's thing I told you about. Ten years later, this is, you know, SpongeBob. Ten years later. Okay, never mind. If you don't know SpongeBob. <laughs> Abraham's now 85. Sarah is 75. And they're like, um, God, (sighs) um, your sundial seems to not be working so well because our biological clocks are way past ticking and, um, we don't think this is going to happen. We think you forgot. So tell you what, um, Sarah, Sarah, I says to Abram, tell you what, why don't you take my maidservant Hagar and have a child with her? And Abraham says, well, Okay. <laughs> and he does. And they said, Great, fulfilled. God, guess what? We remembered your promise and we took care of it for you. It's all good to go. We're good. None of that was mentioned in Hebrews 11 or Romans 4. Not once. Not the fact that we've got nations warring against each other and and all of Ishmael's descendants, the Arabs, who who God loves and who God blessed, by the way. Read the Bible. You blessed them. They're all coming back in. But for the moment, there's a lot of strife, a whole lot of strife that came back from the rejection all the way back in the day. When, when Sarah said, "Get that woman and her son out of here after they had their own child, anyway, getting ahead of myself, but all of that um, all that strife, none of that's mentioned. See, I'm answering the question still, what if I make a mistake? What if I get it wrong i'm I'm showing you the extent to which God covers you, to which He works all things out for your good. I'm not saying you should go around and try to make things up and, you know, make a mess of things and see what God does with it. That's just stupid, you know? That's just, that's not God. However, when you're saying, I, I believe, I truly believe, Abraham and Sarah truly were thinking they were doing God a favor, you know? And God, we're, we're going to help you out here. We got it. We got this, we got this thing covered. And um, so, 10 years later, you know, they still remember the good. The reason why... Um, Is, is our names are written in the book of life, life. That means when you read your story in the book of life, you're going to read life. See, there is no death in a book of life. Did you do things that kind of had no purpose and were pretty death to yourself and others yes you did by the grace of jesus by the blood of jesus those things are not in the book of life it's true you could clap by all means that's exceptionally good news this is why really quickly this is why god invites us to see the treasures in each other Because we all make mistakes. We all blow it. And he says, yeah, but if you get my heart, can you choose to see life in each other? The good stuff. Okay, that was the second one. Agreement. What's our part? Agreement. Second thing is, when he tells us to do something, we do it. The third thing is, there are going to be many, many more times when he says, be still and watch what I do. And that's probably the hardest part for us. Cause we are wanting to do something. You know, when it talked about the cross being an offense, you know why it was an offense? Because the human heart says, no, grace can't be that good. I have to earn it. There's something I have to do. And when we, and when we, share the gospel the way it really is that jesus did it all there's nothing you can do to some people that's a huge offense they can't get over that and that tends to be what we do with promises we want to make them happen so bad that that sometimes when god hasn't told us to do anything we just want to push it and i don't care i'm going to make something happen and then we end up you know making a lot of messes god god will help you clean up your messes don't get me wrong but this whole thing of waiting, be still. So Abraham, I told you he and Sarah had this great idea, right, to we'll have a child through Hagar. And God says, that's not it. Nope, that wasn't it. You kind of missed it on that one. Do you know how long they waited? Thirteen more years. 13 years. years—that's <laughs> Some of you, I think, can really relate to this. You're, you've been waiting for God for a while to do something you know he's been saying he'll do. We're not talking 23 years since God told a 75-year-old that he was going to have many nations through through his offspring. And so, just shortening the story... Abraham and Sarah do get pregnant. He's 99 by the time they have the child. Sarah, 89. That's crazy. Let me tell you something, too. Now let's get back to doing something without giving you TMI. Too much information? Okay. Which is, Abraham and Sarah actually had to do something in order for that to happen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they had a choice. It's one thing for God to say. See, there was no artificial insemination in those days. You know what I'm saying? Okay, TMI. But but the reason why is because I'm, because there is this mixture that's that's hard for us to get sometimes. It's confusing sometimes. What's my part? What's God's part? And he's saying, wait, and he's saying, wait. But they actually had things to do during the waiting, okay? Um, this is also, this is really cool. You ready for this, though? When God said, no, I'm going to do it this time, he gave him a name change. This is when the name change came in. This is when Abram became Abraham and Sarai became Sarah. Why is that significant? I'm sure there's many reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch on one of them, Okay. Um, but a name change is about an identity change. It's about God saying, I, you haven't really known who you are, so therefore you haven't really believed what, I've, what I'm doing, what I'm going to do through you. So I'm going to change some things for you to to receive your identity, your true identity, who I say you are. Now check this out, Yahweh. Yahweh. the uh, One of the names, right, for uh, for God. Uh, Yahweh, this is where I could have you come up and do this, but I won't. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, four letters, Yad, He, Vah, hey. The He is Yahweh. You getting the He? Yahweh. And that He is, is a symbol for uh, the Spirit. He's actually breathing the Spirit. Every time you say His name, you're breathing the Spirit. Why is that significant? I love this because God says Abram I'm going to make your name Abraham Sarai you're not going to be Sarah he adds that hey which is like a little almost like a little pie sign for you mathematicians out there kind of looks like that like the spirit I'm going to change your name I'm breathing my spirit in you and you're going to carry my spirit to the earth. My promise in you as the mother and the father of all nations. Look around the room of all the nations. I'm going to bring them all together through you. And actually you are, you are the one that I'm choosing to establish this covenant with, but you're leading the way for Yeshua. Who's coming after you. And he's the one who's going to die to set people free. So that my spirit can be inside of each person so that they know who they are. So that they can be my representatives and breathe my spirit everywhere they go. If you don't believe what I just said, you won't do what God has you doing in your, what he wants you to do in your life. This is where agreement comes in. God, I was born again. Right. When you're born again, it's because you say yes to Jesus, to his Yeshua, his sacrifice on your behalf. When you say yes to him, his spirit is now now enters. You're a new creation. You were born from above. You have a new nature. You have a new name. You have an entirely different uh, destiny on your life because of the spirit that's inside of you. Everywhere you go, you release that spirit. And the more you're aware of it, the more you're going to be in tune and in step with what God's doing everywhere you go. That's, that's the new name that you have. And one day, Jesus is going to actually tell you what that new name is. I just, I just think that's the coolest thing ever. I, haven't, I don't have a lot of insight on that one. I just think that's cool. He's got a new name for us. Each one of you, he's going to let you know sometime. Some of you probably already know. Wow. Isn't this good stuff? Yeah. So we're going to land this plane real soon here. Um, the journey, I'll tell you, I'm just going to be, can we just get honest for a minute here? Because everything I said, you all would love to agree with 24-7, right? Wouldn't it be great if we always agreed with this all the time? Where does the frustration come in in this journey of walking along with God's promises? I'm just going to list a few of them. Um, We don't think it's happening fast enough. Circumstances don't line up with what we think should be happening. I mean, this can come with healing, all kinds of different things as you're thinking about promises. Another one, we think we're not, we think we're not far enough along. See, we're holding, you know, we're holding God back. We're the problem. I'm not saying God can't tell you, I need need you to look at certain things in your life, right? But that frustration comes when we're stuck and we think, we just put all the weight back on ourselves. Well, I'm clearly the problem here. Another frustration, we, uh, well, it's very similar. We place all the burden on ourselves and so we crash and burn. Um... We wonder if we've missed God. Anybody? I'm sure it's just me. So you can ask the Lord. If you get in a frustrating place, you can ask him, Lord, is there something you want me to do? That's a legitimate question. You know, don't make things up, but just ask him. Lord, is there anything I'm supposed to be doing? Uh, Let me just share with you because Lonnie brought up about the the church building we have this we have this fund up here and there have been this is just going to be a really good example of everything I've been telling you right now Blazing Fire is 13 years old almost so for 13 years about maybe at least 10 of those years we've been pretty actively asking and searching for our own home our own place God has sovereignly touched us into every city in this Tri-Valley and we know a lot of the reasons why but but we've gone through this whole thing of, okay, did we, are we, do we need to do anything here? Okay, and then certain times where we really felt God's voice on something, and we started to step out in that, and many of you actually gave. I mean, you, a lot of you have been giving constantly, but many of you gave a lot during those times, and we said, hey, we think we have the place. We think this is what God's saying. Did, did we miss it? I don't think so. In fact, we spent time just a couple nights ago praying as an elder team, and God actually assured us we hadn't, that we've, we've been walking step-by-step step with him. We, we, we haven't missed it. Um, is there anything you want me to do? And right now, when we, were, when we met as the elder team, we are feeling like this is closer than ever. I mean, we all should feel that way about our promises, right? Closer than ever. But we really do feel that way. Like, while well, we are about to turn around a corner and somethings while wow, the Lord is just going to absolutely wow us with something we maybe we're not even, I'm sure we weren't even expecting. But we sat and we asked the Lord this very question, God, you know, is there, what are we supposed to do? And you know what, what collectively we received? And, and certainly in my own heart, what we heard was, um, be at peace. Watch what I do. Okay. if you've asked God and and you get that kind of a resonant, you know, something resonating in your heart that basically there's nothing for you to do but to wait and watch, then your job is to wait and watch and then to give him all the glory and all the credit when he does something that's so wow that only he could have done it. And if there's some other point along the journey while you're waiting and watching where he wants you to do something, he'll let you know especially when you have an eye that looks to him and says, God, I want to be alive for your purposes. Boy, there's a lot I had that I'm not going to get to. Um, I want to encourage you. Boy, yeah, I'm going to skip all that. This is all good. Just, no, yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm going to end with a couple of verses to encourage you. Just soak these in, and then I'm going to pray over you, okay? This is Proverbs 16, 7. Because he really, by the way, he really wants us to enjoy this journey far more than we do. Can I tell you that? We're pretty keyed up most of the time. And thinking we're missing something and disappointing God or something. He's like, I really would rather you just enjoy the journey a whole lot more with me. Proverbs sixteen seven let Yahweh be pleased with someone's way of life, and he makes that person's very enemies into friends. The point being the very thing you think is going to hold you back, he's like no if you if you'll actually uh, you know let's let's go deeper together as friends, I can flip everything around in your life, including even your enemies psalm one thirty eight seven and eight though I live surrounded by trouble, you give me life, Lord. To my enemy's fury, <laughs> you stretch out your right hand and you save me. Yahweh will do all things for me. That was Psalm 138. The last one was verse 8. Deuteronomy 33 29. Who is like you, O victorious people? Yahweh is the shield that protects you and the sword that leads you to triumph. Your enemies will try to corrupt you, but you yourself will trample on their backs isaiah forty six ten and eleven God says, "My purpose will come about. I shall do whatever I please. what I have said, I shall do what I have planned, I shall perform and of course, uh, one we 're very familiar with romans eight twenty eight all things work together for the good, for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things means all things. When you forget that, that's when you start getting in tizzy fits because something isn't working out the way just the way you want to. And God says, if you'd back up and see the bigger picture, I would show you more. I got to share one cool little story and then I promise I'm done. I'm going to pray over you. Because God is, uh, Angela mentioned the little the kisses she's getting from Papa. I just got to share, God cares so much about every little detail in your life. A couple days ago, I was doing a, a, a video shoot. I was doing a, a friend is helping me do a video for, another video for the book, just to put the Father's message out there, the love message. And I'm out there, and we're out in the sun, and all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh shoot. First day out in the sun, it's a really hot day today. I'm pretty white and I'm going to get burned and especially the worst part is is my lips get burned really bad if I, don't, if I don't have sunscreen on and so my friend Matt he's going back to the car hiking back to do something and we're out in the middle of nowhere like it's not like I can just go over to the 7-Eleven or something you know and I said to God I said God you know it would be the coolest thing ever if I reached over into my backpack right here and there was a little you know tube of lip balm with sunscreen in it because I'm really going to need that I'm thinking, there's no lip balm in there. But I'm also thinking, but God can do that. That's nothing for him. I really was thinking both things at the same time. So I zip zip it out, and I'm going, I wish I brought it, but I didn't. I said, oh, actually, it's in there. I pull it out, and there's lip balm. And then I just had to laugh because it said Heavenly Ski Resort on it. (laughs) Here's the backstory that makes this story so good. The week before, I'm skiing with my sons at Heavenly. And they're younger than I am. And so they wanted to ski longer. And I was pretty much done. I'm like, you know what? You guys go on. I'm going to do one or two more runs. And then I'm, I'm toast. I'm, I'm going in. So I'm getting up on this on the ski lift. I'm going to be all by myself. I can just hang out, me and Jesus, you know, for a while on the, on the ski lift, which I love. And And this worker from Heavenly... Skis up. Hey, can I ride up with you? And I'm like, okay. So he sits down. It turns out he actually works for them. Obviously, he works for them, but he's there to give me a survey. So I'm I'm stuck on a lift with him for ten minutes while he's asking me questions about my experience at Heavenly Valley. And I'm thinking, I'm i inside. I'm going, really. <laughs> but then I remember, oh yeah, have your love on. It's, so it was all good. I didn't like, I didn't give him grief or anything, but he says, and for your trouble, I'm going to give you this lip balm with sunscreen in it for as a gift from heavenly. A week later, isn't that awesome? A week later, I need it. It's right there. Let me tell you that simple illustration is true. If we would start to back up and see the bigger picture, even with the major things that are frustrating in your life, a car breaking down, a job not working out, I promise you, if we could back up, he says, I did this so that you could have this there, and I did this so that you would be here in the world there. Everything is working out for a good purpose in your life. The more you believe it, you can actually rest in it and have peace along the way and enjoy the journey more. And that's what he wants for you. Would you stand? I'm going to just bless you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And you know what? Can we get um, the prayer teams up here too? Some of the prayer teams. I don't know who's on for today, but come on up. would love to pray for people. What the Lord showed me tonight is, I know we use phrases a lot, sometimes too much so they lose their value. But I heard specifically for every single person in this room, you are a game changer. We use that word world changer, which is true, but a game changer. For you non-sports fans, that just means, you know, you come in and, and and you're the one that does some spectacular play and changes the whole outcome of the game. That's you. You're a game changer. You are not here marking time. You're here for a purpose. Sometimes those purposes come about little bits at a time, little Seemingly insignificant things that don't seem to be the big thing you think you're supposed to be doing for God. Be obedient. Just be who you really are. Be the the breath of God to the people around you that need that breath of encouragement, of hope. It's huge. And God, as you learn to trust him more and more, he is going to position you right where he wants you to be a game changer. That's his promise. It's his doing. So, Father, I am declaring over every single person in this room increased hope. Because the enemy is trying to rip you off of your hope. I am... Pouring that hope right back into you with interest and saying, you have a purpose. God has a plan. And I am now, I am now imparting into you the courage of the lion of the tribe of Judah to step out to be who you really are as a bringer of love, as a bringer of the Spirit of God to bring encouragement and hope and joy and peace everywhere you go. Wow. And I thank you, Lord, that by your Spirit, You are going to lead every single one of these children. You are going to speak to them. They do hear your voice. You're going to open up their ears to hear what you're saying. You're going to open up their heart to feel your your uh, intentions for them. And you're going to give them the courage to say yes. And so thank you, God, that one day all of us in this room, we're going to be together in heaven telling some amazing stories. And you're going to give us the backstories. Just like that lip balm, you're going to give us so many backstories. We're going to be absolutely amazed at how you worked everything out for good. So now I bless you to go with the spirit of God that's in you. And I bless you with all the love of Jesus to go and make a difference in this world. To go and love one person at a time. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. If you would like prayer, come on up. We'll pray for you.